This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. We are broadcasting with the windows open in the Middle East Report studio. Ooh, a nice breeze just came in right there here in a hot Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Folks, we have a situation here. Joe Biden is evidently using Bruce Springsteen's born to, uh, sorry, not born, born in the USA at his campaign rallies. Now, if you've been following American politics for the last 30 years or so, you'll know that the song is often used by right wing shitheads in their campaign rallies because the uh, chorus just goes, born in the USA, I was <laughs> Born in the USA. But all the other parts of the song are about how the USA is bad. It's bad. It fucks people over. It's about a Vietnam vet who comes back home and just gets fucked over uh, repeatedly. So in other words... The song is good. The song is good. (laughs) And it is basically about the sort of person that Joe Biden has spent his entire career fucking over. So what I'm saying here is that we need you, boss. We need you to come out and say that Biden should not use your song. The boss has been put on notice here. He must endorse or not endorse now. Right. And I think it would be ideal if he came out for Bernie. Yeah. Uh, to a lesser extent, Elizabeth Warren. But just please tell Joe Biden to stop using your song. Yeah, that would be great. Who is your allegiance to, Bruce? Is it to the, the common working man and the left? common working person, excuse me, on the left, or or is it to boomers? Is it to baby boomers who just sort of shrug their shoulders and say, well, I'll be dead in 10 years anyway, so I guess I'll vote for Biden. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Bruce ended up endorsing Biden or has already given permission to Biden to, to use that song. Um, but it would disappoint a lot of left Twitter where Bruce rightfully... Uh, there's a special place for him there. I would accept Bruce allowing Biden to use the song if Biden wins the nomination and then Bruce says, well, uh, you know, he can use the song or if Bruce came out and said, whichever Democrat wins can use the song, but I'm going to stay out of the primary or something like that. But he, he cannot, <laughs> he cannot give this, uh, give tacit approval to Biden's use no. of Born in the USA. We're watching. Not in the Democratic primary. We're watching, Bruce. We're, we're watching, Bruce. Now do another... Uh... May, but yeah, maybe he has said that. Maybe there is some dancing in the dark going on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to another potentially radioactive situation. Actually, this one's literally radioactive and downright frightening. There's uh, a cement coffin... The Marshall Islands in the Pacific that's filled with radioactive material from when we were blowing up a bunch of nuclear bombs there. And that cement coffin is apparently leaking. The UN Secretary General raised the alarm about it last week, at the end of last week, while attending an event in Fiji. And he noted that the uh, cement... Cement is cracking. This is UN Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez 
who noted the uh, cement dome is cracking and that because of climate change, rising sea levels threaten to submerge the radioactive wound, which would be an environmental catastrophe. This uh, reminded me that Bernie Sanders is the only candidate in the Democratic field to come out firmly against any new nuclear power plants. And the main reason he said why is because we don't have a plan yet for storing nuclear waste. He uh, tweeted about this, I think on Friday, about plans for Yucca Mountain to store nuclear waste there. I think this is, a, this is another, another uh, glaring piece of evidence that we still haven't figured out what to do with uh, nuclear waste. And that even Green New Deal supporters who've uh, accepted or, uh, I guess, resigned to the fact that nuclear power needs to be part of the portfolio of energy uh, means to get us to a zero carbon emission future. I, I still think it's possible to do it without nuclear power. Yeah, I haven't. I, I can't say I've completely researched the issue. I just uh, the sun. The sun is pretty powerful itself. <laughs> it's a. It's its own nuclear reactor, and we don't have to worry about its waste melting uh, until it uh, explodes. Well, cement coffin melting radioactive waste doesn't exactly spark confidence. No. And if uh, the Mike Gravel campaign has come out against no against new nuclear development, uh, and I missed that, I apologize uh, to the teens. One more. I, have we talked about Bernie and the charter school thing yet? No, I don't think so. Well, that uh, happened on uh, Friday or I Thursday. Did. It was, it was yeah, late Thursday. last week. I, I just wanted to note that in the context of uh, Bernie out, Elizabeth warning, Elizabeth Warren, uh, because she had come out and said she wanted to make an, uh, 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 her secretary of education a public school teacher, which I think is a good uh, a good gesture, a good thing to to say. Bernie came out with a with a pretty extensive policy proposal on public education, though, and uh, lo and behold, it did very well on on social media yeah. and uh, caused some meltdowns from all the right people. And got some people on board, which we may not have expected. I'm thinking about uh, AFT's Randy Weingarten, who uh, is not always, though she's a labor leader, or I guess because she's a labor leader in the U.S., which has uh, not great labor unions. <laughs> anyway, she came out and supported it, and uh, so did the NEA, I, I believe. And uh, good on Bernie. Yeah. Well done, Sanders campaign. Indeed. It's Monday, May 20th, 2019. Here's the news. A teenager has died in the custody of Customs and Border Protection. The victim, a 16-year-old Guatemalan national who was apprehended by Border Patrol agents last week and transferred to the U.S. Border Patrol's Rio Grande Valley sector, was awaiting transfer custody to the Department of Health and Human Services, but he was found dead during a uh, welfare check. According to a CBP statement, statement on loss of life in RGV sector, that's what it was titled, the statement, pretty cold. The cause of death is not known, but the Department of Homeland Security Office of the Inspector General has been notified and the internal review is underway. This marks the fifth time this year alone that a kid has died in CBP custody. Last week, President Trump telegraphed even more pain and suffering for immigrants and refugees to the U.S. He confirmed reports that the administration was raising a deportation force. Trump tweeted, quote, 
All people that are illegally coming into the U.S. now will be removed from our country at a later date as we build up our removal forces and as the laws are changed. Please do not make yourselves too comfortable. You will be leaving soon. Yeah. Grim start to the week for the nation and its unimpeachable president. Another major corporate merger took a huge step toward being finalized. Today, FCC Chair Ajit Pai gave his conditional approval to T-Mobile's acquisition of Sprint. The merger is set to solidify T-Mobile's position as the country's third largest wireless carrier. Sprint is currently fourth largest. That's about it, really. Yeah. Then, of course, there's uh, Comcast and Verizon, the top two, with a huge market share, and then it just totally drops off. Yeah. Ajit Pai claimed that the monopoly power of the new T-Mobile Sprint firm will be blunted by conditions which were agreed to by both companies. Those include expansion of their 5G network, a three-year price freeze, divestment of Boost Mobile, and an agreement to pay fines of, quote, billions of dollars if the new company fails to live up to its commitments. In a news release, Pi said, quote, in light of the significant commitments made by T-Mobile and Sprint, as well as the facts and the record to date, I believe that this transaction is in the public interest and intend to recommend to my colleagues that the FCC approve it, end of quote. Critics, however, said that the conditions amounted to window dressing. Tech publication Ars Technica had reported that each company promised to expand their 5G network before they sought to merge. Meanwhile, public interest group Free Press said that the boost divestment is effectively meaningless. Same with the three-year price freeze due to the fact that wireless service prices are currently dropping. Now, as for the promise to pay billions in fines if conditions aren't met, the merger alone is reportedly worth $26.5 billion, and T-Mobile itself said that the new company expects to see between $53 and $57 billion in annual revenue, a one-time fine worth a few billion dollars, that's peanuts to these companies. This is just the cost of doing yeah, business. Yeah, they probably projected this already into their costs. <laughs> right. The merger isn't a done deal yet. The Justice Department and state's attorneys general can still weigh in to try to stop it. A Democratic commissioner on the FCC offered her skepticism this morning. Jessica Rosenworcel tweeted, quote, We've seen this kind of consolidation in airlines and with drug companies. It hasn't worked out well for consumers. But now the FCC wants to bless the same kind of consolidation for wireless carriers. I have serious doubts, end of quote. Big same. So here's a tricky one in the Supreme Court today. The body denied an appeal that proved to be a big loss for corporate package delivery entities like UPS and FedEx, but a win for the U.S. Postal Service and Amazon. This radio show is very pro-post office, but very anti-Amazon, so mixed news here. The case breaks down as follows. UPS sued the U.S. Postal Service, claiming that the pricing formula the post office uses unfairly undercuts private package delivery services. The U.S. Postal Service is a sort of public entity. It's supposed to operate financially independent of the U.S. government, but it is also highly regulated by Congress to the point that it's forbidden from offering certain services and uh that could disrupt the private market. And it's also uh, prohibited from keeping its prices too low. So UPS sued with an eye on a deal that the U.S. Postal Service has with Amazon to deliver their packages. Amazon, of course, 
perfectly fine with the low prices at the post office. In fact, the two entities have a deal, which is private, undisclosed, uh, but likely entails Amazon getting a bulk price reduction in delivery services with the post office. A lower court ruled against UPS, claiming that the pricing formula here behind how the Postal Regulatory Commission sets prices is just fine. And by rejecting the appeal on Monday, the Supreme Court signed off on that decision. You might remember that Trump uh, railed against the post office for giving too sweet of a deal to Amazon. This was happening around the time that he was getting bad press from the Washington Post, which is owned by Jeff Bezos, who also owns Amazon. Interesting part of this case, the Trump administration actually sided with the post office and Amazon in this case and urged the court to leave the formula intact. That could be because the administration is planning its own backdoor attack on the post office. It's already assembled a postal service task force that has already urged the USPS to raise its shipping prices. So UPS may have lost this battle, but they could ultimately win the war against the U.S. Post Office, which has long been the subject of poison pill legislation to cripple it. And I wouldn't worry about Amazon here. They're already assembling their own delivery service. Um, They're not going to rely on the Postal Service for much longer. Another one from the Supreme Court. It voted today to restore hunting rights to the Crow Nation, an American Indian nation based in southern Montana. Lower courts had ruled that the Crow lost hunting rights gained in an 1868 treaty with Wyoming because the rights were annulled when Wyoming became a state. The justices voted 5-4 to to overturn this outcome. All four liberal justices agreed that the Crow's rights should be restored. Joining them this time was Trump appointee Neil Gorsuch. This follows a decision last week in which the liberal quartet was joined by other Trump appointee, Brett Kavanaugh, in a ruling which stated consumers can sue Apple for alleged antitrust violations in the market for iPhone apps. Finally, some news on the Iran warmongering front. We noted previously that even death-horny Lindsey Graham was skeptical of recent White House claims about Iranian aggression and asked for an intelligence briefing to back it up. We also noted Graham would likely fall in line immediately after getting that briefing, no matter how flimsy it seemed. And that is exactly what happened today. After getting briefed this morning, the senator tweeted, quote, It is clear over the last several weeks, Iran has attacked pipelines and ships of other nations and created threat streams against American interests in Iraq. Threat streams. He added, quote, if the, Buddy, you want to see a threat stream? <laughs> Just kidding, said our lawyers. Graham added, quote, if the Iranian threats against American personnel and interests are activated, we must deliver an overwhelming military response. Now, Graham himself admitted that the source of this intel is a guy who has zero credibility, the bloodlusting, missile-humping, bottom-feeding piece of shit, John Bolton. In other words, there is zero credible evidence Iran is plotting to attack U.S. forces in the Middle East, which, by the way, why the fuck are they still there in the first place? Nevertheless, Lindsay, the Grim Reaper Graham, fully on board for this war. Fully on board. Bolton, by the way, is yet to brief Democratic Senator Patrick Leahy, who had asked for a briefing alongside Graham. Hat tip to CNN's Manu Raju for reporting that tidbit this morning. The full House and Senate are set for a briefing tomorrow. We will definitely be keeping posted to see how Democrats react. That music means the newscast has ended, but poetry time has begun. 
All new subscribers on Patreon, patreon.com slash District Sentinel, get the full complement of newscasts Monday through Thursday and the garbage can on Friday. Again, subscribe at patreon.com slash District Sentinel. You also get your own haiku written by one of the Sams and read on air. This is for Nancy. All hail, Queen of Shade. Deal with it, she says, as she rolls over for Trump. Thank you, Nancy. And sorry, Nancy, for uh, invoking Pelosi when doing your haiku. It just sort of just sort of popped into the old dome. Hmm. This one is for Charles. If I played baseball, I would simply hit the ball and wear the high socks. Thank you, Charles. Yes, thank you, Charles. And thank you to all the new subscribers. On Patreon, again, that's patreon.com slash district sentinel. Before we go, the listener rant line is blinking. Let's see what y'all have to say. Boyos, uh, it's Turd Snadwich here. Just calling in to see if you had caught the news that Sex Having Steve Mnuchin's dad paid $91 million for that bunny statue yesterday. Um, yeah, guess the meritocracy is real. Um, keep up the good work. Turn Snappage out. I did see that news, in fact, and I tweeted a despairing uh, remark, <laughs> something to the effect of uh, love love to have uh, price mechanisms a- uh, efficiently allocate resources or something. Yeah, Steve's dad, Bob Mnuchin, who is an American art dealer and uh, used to be the head of the trading division for Goldman Sachs in the 1970s, where he just made a shit ton of money. And, uh, of course, uh, his son picked himself up by the bootstraps to become the Treasury Secretary in the Trump administration. Good to hear from Turd Snadwich. It's been a while. Call the rant line 202-684-6108. Leave a message. We'll play it on air. That is the show for today. Subscribe at patreon.com slash Sentinel to get the newscast delivered to you every Monday through Thursday. Thanks to our sponsors, the Congressional Dish podcast hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com. Another sponsor, the Middle East Report. Find it at merip.org. We are back tomorrow for subscribers. We're here in D.C. so that you don't have to be.